Welcome to the Hearts and Recovery podcast. This week, Melissa Balecki and Christine McAteer continue their one-on-one interview about disassociative identity disorder. For those of you who have been listening, you know that Chris has had DID most of her life. Today, she chats with Melissa about the various ways she copes and the helpfulness of talk therapy. Due to equipment errors, there are some technical difficulties with this recording. Let's listen now as Melissa and Chris continue their discussion. Hi, thanks for uh, coming back to Christine's podcast. Um, I'm really happy to be back, and it's still pretty weird to be the one in the driver's seat, but I like it. I'm always uh, inspired, which is kind of a weird word to use, but a little bit just taken aback by Chris's ability to heal and her strength and just want to move forward in her life so much. So for me as a person who is in some sort of recovery, not exactly the same thing, obviously, but it's just a real pleasure and honor to be able to sit down with her all the time. So I'm really happy to be here with you again. Thank you, ma'am. All right, so I came up with a few questions that, you know, but I really want to be able to have a conversation with you that flows. And I guess after listening back to last, not last week, but our previous conversation, what really came up for me was just how hard living with DID is and was and how do you think that seeking help has changed it you know like been been able to make it more manageable like what are what do you think you would have wouldn't have been able to do without it well let me start by saying getting me to help was very difficult When I first went into counseling, Terry really had to get creative to come up with ways to get me there because I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified of what would be revealed or what wouldn't be revealed. Part of me still felt like I was making it up, like I was pretending. But at the same time, I was very out of control with it. So... Once I got there and started going in a regular way and got into the flow of it, the talk therapy is what really started opening the door. When I started talking about the specific things that had happened to me and when the little ones and the others felt comfortable to come into the conversation, and it took some time for the therapist to win their trust. But when they started telling their stories and I became more familiar with their stories and how they felt and just sort of started piecing it together, it became a little bit easier. And over time, we established a real flow. Right. And I know trust with, since it all kind of stems from wanting to be able to protect yourself and the trauma that went on and them coming forward to keep you safe like that's I guess the 
how it manifests in the beginning or why, because it's just like a, such intense situation that you can't, like you wouldn't be able to handle on your own. So you have to kind of check out so that, you know, your body and your mind can be there without, I, you know, I'm not I'm like the scientific words or anything, but it's just like, it fascinates me what the body does. But like I was saying, I know trust with like the therapist or friends because I was listening to a YouTube video yesterday about this woman who was around her friends, but only like one of her altars was able to come through because the others didn't feel they'd be accepted or safe or so it's just interesting to see when they come out. Because that's, some, that's something that I've been thinking a lot about since I listened to that is, is how many there are and why they come through. Because in my mind, what I think about is that why they co would come out is that there's a exterior trigger or something that like resembles what happened in the past. But I don't know if that's true for you. That that took place to some extent. Let me start by saying that for me, it was important to build that bedrock of trust with Terry. And Terry is my husband, as you know. And it actually started when we very first met online, when we were typing back and forth to each other the little ones started feeling safe to come out and they would come out and say little things to him. And by the time I got to Brooklyn, uh, where we first started out, they felt like they had enough of a relationship where they felt safe to come out and talk to him. It wasn't so much that they were triggered as that they were overwhelmed with all the secrets they were keeping. And they needed to be able to vocalize that so that I wouldn't break down. Yeah. I think another thing that I've been thinking about is the timings that they come out. You know what I mean? And then how you feel physically in your body. Like, do you, do you sense that something is changing? Like, what does it feel like physically in your body? Well, let me start by saying that, to give you an example of a trigger, Lisbeth is one of my very active alters. And mm -hmm. if we're watching TV together and an animal looks like it's getting hurt, she's triggered immediately because she has this very loving sense for animals. And what it feels like is I am aware of another voice wanting to speak it's more of a mental thing than it is a, a physical thing and there's just a feeling in my mind okay i have lisbeth feelings she wants to say something it's kind of hard to describe it any better than that yeah because both of you share a body right but I guess over time you've come to recognize like you, Chris's voice, and then Elizabeth's voice. So you can, I guess, tell the difference. Is that correct? Right. She's very particular. Her name is Lizbeth. Lizbeth. Right. Is that right? Okay. Uh, she's very particular about people getting her name right. Don't ask me why. 
But yeah, I I can distinguish between Chrissy little feelings, little Christine feelings, sissy little feelings, and Lisbeth's feelings. Interesting. Are those like your main alters? There's some of them. How influential or I guess what was their role in you writing Daddy Star? Oh, they many times they wanted to tell their story not so much as their voice is coming out, but speaking through my voice. In my follow-up book, they're speaking with their own voices. But they definitely brought me back a lot of the memories. That's good. So it's kind of a team effort, huh? Yes. <laughs> I typed and they talked. Nice. It's kind of cool if you think about it. It's a very cool. It's a very cool system. Yeah, because I don't, honestly, I don't have a lot of memories from when I was a kid. I have very few, and especially very few that I can, I guess, verbally recall. Like, I can see the space, but I can't think about it, like what was said. So to have those altars come in and really lend a hand in making sure things are accurate, pretty cool. It's important to note that they each have a unique physical voice. They don't sound the same. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of alters like even speak differently and have different handwriting. Uh, mine have different handwritings. Sometimes yeah. it's really hard to write a sentence because they all want to express themselves. And I can start out really neat and go to really tiny and messy depending on who's trying to write. Huh. Fascinating. I think this is more, this question that I have next is more having to do with what you talked about in your last podcast episode. But when you spoke about how you have more, I guess, somatic memories that come up for you, like if you hear something mm -hmm. or a specific smell, how often or not often does it work like when you were talking about remaining present is that always helpful to you or are there times where it really does you know take you back there and your alters come out to protect you um i'm not triggered as much as i used to be but it, mm -hmm. it can still be something as simple as terry raising his voice yeah. He, may, he may just be making an emphatic point, but it triggers somebody because they tend to associate it with somebody being angry. Yep, I get that. I have a tendency to shut down when I get invalidated or there is like an authority figure and I feel like I can't, I have to make myself smaller in order to fit into certain roles that I need to have. So, I mean, well, that's not, you know, but that's, DID. That, that's but, very much like DID. Really? Because when I'm with my doctor, for example, my doctor is a very nice older gentleman, but I go to my little girl role because he represents authority to me. Mm. So I I find myself with certain people squeezing into that childhood mold depending on how they trigger me. Right. 
uh, more food for thought for me. So I guess what I want to end with is how did you cope with writing Gabby, sir? Because I know a lot of like, uh, you know, I read it and it's very intense and it's raw and real and heartbreaking and all those things. So how did you going back there? I mean, I know your alters protect you, but you as Chris, like Chris, you know, how did you manage? Did you have more therapy? Were you just more working harder, being more mindful? Like, is there anything specific that you did to help you cope with writing and reading all that? Therapy helped. And what I think of is guidance from the universe helped. Just being very receptive to feeling the flow of my mind. Feel like cathartic. Right. Yeah. I did have uh, emotional reactions to what I was writing, but as I refined the chapters, that got a little bit removed, so I wasn't dealing with intense emotion right there. Oh, good. Yeah, for me, I, you know, I journal a lot, too, and it does help to get it out. Obviously, like, what I journal is nowhere near Gabby, sir, but I know the sense that writing and getting it out can be, like, a release, and I know for you that Daddy, sir, is all about reaching others, other survivors who've gone through what you have or things similar and inspiring them. So I think, you know, what you did and what you're doing is such a great thing. I just want to address something kind of personal with you. You uh-huh. said that your journaling was nothing like Daddy, sir. But your journaling is your own Daddy, sir. And what you're getting out is is just as necessary to healing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I have a a tendency to compare traumas, if you will, and compare, you know, what I've been through is nothing compared to what you've been through, no matter who it is, you or anyone. So thank you for validating my journaling. (laughs) I appreciate that. Is there anything else that you want to add or say or touch on? Just said this process, and I I, want to really emphasize this for people who are in the middle of it or at the beginning of it. It is so worth it. Getting to that place where everything is coming together and the emotions are not traumatizing you anymore and you're able to, to feel joy and happiness is such a an opposite of what it feels like when you just feel beaten down in like half a person. I just want to say that it is definitely worth going through the therapy and on the healing journey. Absolutely. Completely agree. And as I said in the beginning, I think of you all the time and I'm like, Chris has done it. You can do it. Um, <laughs> you guys want to listen to or purchase Daddy Sir? It's available on Amazon. He's also on Facebook. She has two pages. She has um, a Hearts and Recovery page that's mostly dedicated to this uh, podcast and 
what we cover here, but you can also find her at Christine G. McAteer, and that's more general, um, what she's up to, or any news that we need to share with you or want to share with you. She's on Twitter um, and Instagram at Chris G. McAteer. Um, we also like really want to hear from you. So if you have a story of your own that you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear it, whether it's, you know, you coming on and us speaking with you or us reading it, whatever you're comfortable with, we're more than happy to share our platform with you. We want to hear your stories and give you a voice too. You can email us at willowententllc at gmail.com. Actually, it's willent. W-I-L-L-E-N-T-L-L-C. Sorry. We'll, we'll uh, keep an eye out for anything that comes through. We appreciate you guys listening. Please subscribe to the channel, both here, wherever you're listening. We're, we're on Anchor. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. Yes, we will. Bye. Bye.